Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of To The Point Podcast. Everybody's doing well on this Tuesday. We're in the midst of fall. We're through the, six weeks through the NFL. Hockey's going. The world is great. And luckily for us, we're midway through almost to the end of season four of Breaking Bad. And this is when the show really starts to get interesting. Uh, we'll talk about episodes 10 and 11 today, which are both really great. A lot of interesting concepts, which we'll dive into. But before we start, as you get, if you're watching the video of this podcast, you can see my co-host is sporting a Justin Turner Los Angeles Dodgers uniform. Those Dodgers, Los Dodgers, as you may say, are down 0-2 in their series to the Atlanta Braves. They were last year. They did rally. It's not a series until you lose one at home. So, Shay, do you feel fairly confident with Game 3 tonight at Chavez Ravine? I'm pretty confident that uh, that they'll pull it off. You know, I, I still have the jersey on for luck because you never know. Um, I could have told you at a gate that this Atlanta team was really good. You know, even though they lost their their best player midseason, I think they still uh, they were still very competitive with the the guys they picked up and um, at the trade deadline. So yeah, no, I, I I'm, I'm I'm confident, but at the same time, I know how good these guys are. So and also you got like you mentioned, you know, they lost. They were they were in this exact same predicament last year and you know they ended up blowing it so did they blow it again or did they learn from their mistakes so it, it'll be interesting I'm nervous but we'll see it's uh it's 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 always good for Dodgers when we're at home that's that's all I'll say for sure you see the celebrities out tonight I'm sure Magic Johnson I don't know if Magic Johnson will be the 2 p.m first pitch in LA that's a little early for Magic he's probably heading I guess you can head to that game and hit the Lakers later with their home opener tonight with the uh, Gold State Warriors in town. But before we get to breaking back, I have to ask you about four games in. Your Leafs are 2-1-1. Mm. One and one. I don't think Mitch Marner is dressed yet for a game. Uh, <laughs> you still you still looking for him out there? I'm still looking for him. I haven't really seen much. Uh, what yeah. do you make of your team as a whole through four games? Quiet. Uh, quiet for first. I, I, I'm uh, I'll be honest with you. It's kind of disappointing. I mean, you know, it kind of, you kind of waiting for this hot start. That's what kind of what they got on last year. I know it's your, your favorite division, the Canadian division, but still mm-hmm. I'm, I'm waiting for them to kind of pop off and, you know, get, get going with these goals. And of course, Matthews didn't play the first three games, but you know, he's back now he's got to find his, you know, his grapple. I thought they got, I, I mean, I don't want to say they got robbed, but they put a lot of shots on Shashirkin last night and you know couldn't get it done so that's a kind of a, a kudos to him for being really good so i'm uh, i'm excited yeah no marner though it's it's been all nylander for the first four games which i don't mind but i don't know when that guy's gonna wake up or not we'll we'll, we'll see he's uh kind of been a question mark out there yeah bill playing well my guy the, the former mm. uh maple Leafs punching bag is now the the hero i gotta gotta love gotta love uh gotta love stories like that for old bill nylander but um yep i mentioned episodes 10 and 11 last week shay we talked about a lot we ended talking the podcast about the big fight between walter and jesse where jesse basically told walter to, to get the fuck going and never come back to see him we know that jesse is going to be heading to mexico with mike and gus to meet the cartel there's uh, interesting things with Skyler and Ted when it comes to the IRS. So there's a lot that we dive into in these two episodes and it, all the storylines I really enjoy. This, even the Skyler ones I find really compelling in, in these episodes. Yeah, it's a, it's a real roller coaster for this for these two episodes because your emotions are go from, you know, complete lows to highs, I find. But yeah, absolutely. That huge fight. We see that we basically see the effects of both guys. I mean, they're both yeah. kind of banged up more Walter than uh, Jesse. I guess you know but but still I mean it's 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 you know they're in opposite directions now they're probably as furthest away as you possibly possibly could be between two you know two guys who work together so it's uh it's exciting and like you said this these two episodes this one called Salu is just unbelievable yeah I... probably it's 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 real the peak the peak of the season is you know these two episodes in my opinion because you really just get you know, you just get so much information. And of course, going to Mexico and seeing, uh, seeing the other side, I would say is kind of interesting as well. Yeah. I, I like that too. Uh, to see how the other side, uh, the other half lives, so to speak. Um, and it starts off with Mike, Gus and Jesse are just standing in the middle of the desert. We see Gus has this 
a box of sort with, with a ribbon on it, you know, you know saying that it's, it's a gift of some sort for his, for his compadres over in Mexico. But really what I took from this, Shay, is just Jesse, he's standing there. They're going to get on a plane. He's stressed out. Like, I, to me, he just looks completely like I have no idea what I'm walking, my, what, what, what I'm walking into here. And anything could happen. Yeah, because, I mean, we, we've seen it before. If one wrong move, uh, take Gus's partner or former partner, I guess I, right. I should say, you know, one wrong move with the cartel and you're dead. Like, you don't really get that second chance. And Jesse knows – or, yeah, Jesse knows this. You know, he's worked with Tuco, who's affiliated and other members. So, it's, uh, it's, it is, you know, super stressful to think about. You can see him looking around. He's got that second look before he gets on the plane, because obviously once, once you're on there, I mean, there's no going back. You're not jumping off, obviously. So it's, it is interesting. One thing I love, and they don't, the, the writers never change this. Jesse just wears the same kind of like baggy, like kind of rundown mm-hmm. clothes, like kind of wanksterous in a way. And, and they never change that. It's not like, it's not like he dress starts to dress better, you know what I mean? And he's still wearing us. It's just it's just funny. It's just a remark I kind of noticed throughout these two episodes. Yeah, he's a he's a multimillionaire, very close to it, and he still mm. looks like you know the guy who's cooking the chili pea in episode one. Yeah, uh, so exactly. I, I like that as well. That he hasn't exactly he's changed mentally for sure, but appearance for Walter or Jesse has never really been top priority. Walter still looks like a, a school teacher that makes. Um, you know, he's a middle-class man, you know, they both don't, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, he still drives the Aztec, you know, so Jesse still drives that shit box for a red car. So I, I, I like that as well, that they, they stuck to their humble beginnings. We'll pivot to Walter. Uh, well, we we're at Walter's apartment. We see his glasses are broken on the table, a bloody rag and the phone is ringing and we just hear Skylar. And we, we kind of learned that, we haven't seen Walter for three to four days. Uh, he's kind of been MIA, no sign of him. And, you know, he missed junior's birthday and uh, she kind of just leaves him a message while he's sleeping there with the, with the sheet over his head. Yeah. Stained with blood. And, you know, she, she says, I can't wait any longer. As we know in the last episode, kind of when Walter was laying in bed that they're going to buy a car for uh, Walter jr and yeah, I was I was disappointed in their choice but I mean it's, oh. it's a decent car so obviously he wakes up and you know she gives the whole oh can you go outside and you know get something I think it was the paper or something like that mm-hmm. and then come back in and he's not the most excited about her their or, well her choice I guess yeah Walter really didn't even care what kind of car he was given and Walter Jr's like oh you know I'll, I'll take it for a drive later maybe you know it's like what well, I'm not really. And I think she's disappointed with the reaction, which sure. is totally normal. Yeah. I can't blame him. <laughs> it's purple pretty much. Shay. Like, I, yeah. It's pretty close to purple. If it's not, I'm like, I'm not the greatest with colors. I'm not our friend Dawson who is colorblind, but uh, I, I think that's a shade of purple and I wouldn't love it. If I walk outside, I'm like, hey, I have to drive this purple thing to school yeah and just to put this in context he he has cerebral palsy so he's already standing out i'm not this is not make i'm not making fun of people with disabilities it's just pointing out the fact that you're already an outcast of sorts because you're different from everybody else and now he drives a purple car that's going to put more attention on a male driving a purple car uh, i i wouldn't love yeah. that look yeah no chick magnet that's for sure <laughs> Yeah, you'd be better off getting a pink, you know, uh, com- convertible, I think, as women be more likely to come say hi. Um, we'll stick with Walt Jr. because he's, you know, he's missing his father. He missed his birthday party. Really shitty, really shitty couple of days from Walter. Drives to Walt's. He calls him. He's hammering on the, uh, the doorbell. And Walter finally opens the garage door in his underwear, tidy whities, and he basically says, Come on in. And he has to explain to uh, Junior that he got he uh, he got into a fight. Yeah, I mean, there's no way around it. He's bleeding. His face is just mangled. It looks like it looks like he's just been a boxing, a boxing bag for about two days straight. 
And, you know, what's, you know, what is he going to say? But of course he has to lie. He can't say where he actually was or who actually beat mm -hmm. him up. So he says, Oh, it, you know, this has to do with gambling, probably referring to, you know, maybe he owed some gambling debts and maybe he got beat up and he was this, this, he was using this basically. So Walter jr. Wouldn't call, um, Skyler. call Skyler and say, you know, this, you know, dad's beat to shit. Like what, what, what's going on here? And Walter just basically says, like, you get, you got to keep this between us. And, you know, we see a really, this is a great scene by uh, Cranston. Mm -hmm. He really just breaks down and says, you know, the, the, the absolute worst. We kind of find out later that he was kind of on painkillers, some heavy painkillers for maybe a surgery. But he was kind of just break down and him and Walter Jr. just kind of share a really good moment where, you know, Walter Jr. is the one comforting him saying, you know, it's okay, dad, like, you know, this, you know, this, this isn't your fault, you know, this is kind of like a disease for you and puts him back into bed and really just, really just kind of, uh, um, you know, assesses the situation, I guess. And in Walter's slumber, he calls Walter Jr. Jesse as he's leaving. And this yeah. was kind of a big red flag for me, Jug. What, what did you think? Yeah. Cause he said it loud enough that Jr. heard him. Like he knew he didn't, he, it, Clearly, in his, like you said, foggy state through through drugs, he does feel bad for what he's done to Jesse. I think you know Walter would never admit this when he's completely sober because he's got such a big ego. But when he's drugged up, it's when you you know people say this: you're gonna get the truth from drunks, kids, uh, drunks, <laughs> and drunks and little kids will tell you the truth. And you know he's on drugs, and I think he knows he's at fault for most of that situation with Jesse. And, you know, he, uh, he, he says that in his stupor and juniors just kind of left looking like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. He, I don't think he may, he maybe not even know who Jesse is, I no. guess, or maybe he doesn't put two and two together because we really don't see it come up again. Maybe it comes up towards the end of the season, but he doesn't mention anything. And we find out that, uh, you know, Walter wakes up and Jesse's just kind of, or Jesse Walter Jr. has slept over on the couch and you know he's actually fixed his glasses for him uh, when Walter wakes up right so when he wakes up he kind of uh, Jr. stayed the night he's on the couch and he wakes him up and he says he starts telling this story about his father how his father died when he was six and he had Huntington disease and he said, I did, I think I thought I knew my father because people always told me things about him. I knew how he liked the steak, medium rare, and you know, what he liked to wear and what he was like as a person. But he said, I kind of never really knew. Uh, and he said, I what I did know him as was seeing him in that hospital bed when he was hooked up to machines, basically, and was not the person that I remembered him by, but that's how you remember that person seeing them in their last state. And he basically tells junior, please don't remember me the way I was last night. I don't want you to remember me like that. And for another really honest moment from Walter to his son saying, I'm not like this. Like remember me at my best of times. Yeah. And when Walter junior kind of claps back and says, you know, I, I didn't mind seeing you like that because it was the first time in, you know, a whole year, Walter junior says, that that you you know you were real with me meaning he's felt you know he hasn't felt great about his father in almost a year which of course is not a great thing but you know it just it just it just goes to show you know what like you said like walter was just he was just honest because of the state he was in he was all drugged up you know and probably got a concussion for god's sake mm. and you know he he was just being honest at that time and he was you know he was you know he was like he was saying he was sorry you know for for the things he'd done probably the probably uh honestly just saying sorry for real for you know getting their family into this situation right. even though he couldn't tell walter jr for what what was going on well he can still apologize for it even though you know subconsciously he doesn't um you know he's 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 actually referring to um you know everything from cooking meth to getting to business with gus mm -hmm. putting their family in danger as a, as a whole really yeah and it's something that Walt is saying, remember me the past year, because clearly he doesn't have awareness that his own son is not an idiot. He's seen his father lie constantly and be yeah. aloof and not be around. And he, he thinks he's been a, 
pretty good dad and walt jr like mm. said class black basically saying no you've been a piece of shit like last night was one mm. of the only times i can really say i enjoyed our experience together yeah which is not a great thing no not not father of the year by by any means for for old walter white um so we finished the last episode with ted and skyler talking about the irs and skyler kind of helped them out pretending to be like this dumb floozy even though he's been, you know, Ted's been cooking the books on his business and he's, you know, he's going to have to shut down the, the business here soon. Uh, he's, he, he's in a lot of trouble, but he gets a call from Saul Goodman and he goes down and meets with him. And he, you know, Saul's like, yeah, I got some tough news for you. Uh, your, your great aunt passed away from Luxembourg and Ted's like, I don't have, a, I don't have a great aunt. She goes, Oh, well, she died like eight years ago, uh, but she had no will. So it's going to you. You're the next, next in line, $621,524. Basically the amount that's needed to pay the IRS, which would be a red flag for me. Uh, but he's just like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> and uh, he takes that money and runs with it. Yeah, he's like, oh, dandy, this this is you know, this is great. Um, we found out later he's he's maybe misusing it, but you know, this this is some greasy things. And so even you know, it's bad when Saul says this is not a great idea because clearly <laughs> this is you know Skyler giving giving the money uh, that you know Walter made over right. to Ted so that they don't get in trouble. But uh, that's a that's a whole other issue. We'll get into this episode and yeah. next episode, I guess. Yeah, he has no idea. And that's a big chunk of change, obviously, over half a million dollars that he's giving to yeah. Ted. And, you know, later in the episode, Saul goes to see Skylar at the car wash and he says, Yeah, so I hate to say I told you so, but we know Saul loves to say I told you so. And he says, Yeah, I've been checking his bank statements. And yeah, this afternoon he went and bought a brand new Mercedes. Uh, and yeah, three year lease. Looks good. And uh, yeah, I don't, basically he's not paying the IRS. He's buying a bunch of new toys. Yeah. So basically Kyler's plan of basically laying, laying, laying his solution out right in front of Ted is not, not come true. And, you know, we kind of find out that Ted is not, not only not going to pay, but he's going to start the business back up. He, he's yeah. just down for, you know, putting, putting everything on hold. He says, you know, I got to, I got to pay my employees and I, you know, I've got to get things running again, but he has really no concept you know, of, of what the consequences will be. Mm -hmm. Clearly if they open the, open the case back up, you know, they might find out that it wasn't just ignorance. Like they, like they first initially thought and then it was actual fraud. And then of course everybody kind of gets tapped and then goes to jail, but he doesn't really see it that way. He sees it as all, oh, well, you know, I'll get a, I'll get a better lawyer and you know, I can fight this, but that's that's not how this works yeah in in your experience no lawyer like no lawyer is going to beat this case right he's dead to rights no yeah oh it's right right in front of him it's yeah. pretty it's been pretty evident that uh that that what they've been doing so and they've and they basically have him in in custody just they, they just have to basically prove that he was doing it intently and then they he's pretty much done right so yeah she so Skylar obviously is pretty PO'd that he's not going to pay the IRS. So she goes and visits him at the office and he says, no, I haven't paid the IRS yet. I will. I've got some money lately. Things are starting to turn around. The universe is, is talking to me. Everything's going to be okay. And, you know, she pipes in the universe is saying, pay what you owe. Like this is getting you out of the situation. Like you just said, getting you out of jail, like, please do this. But he goes, he kind of snaps back at her and says, it's my money, Scholar. Don't tell me what to do with it. It doesn't affect you at all. And she is, at this point, she's pissed. You know, even goes, you know, there's the door, find your way out. Mm. And Scholar goes, you know, you know, how, how, you know do you, who, who do you think you are? Like, you know, getting that money from Aunt Bridget, basically saying, I gave you that money because how else would she know that? And Ted's like, what, what do you mean? Like, I, you you paid me. And he's like, yes, of course I paid you. Like this this affects affects her and Walter just as closely as it affects Ted in the in the grand scheme of things. 
And, you know, Ted says, you know, I'm still not paying. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And that's it for Skylar. Yeah. This carries into the next episode, which gets more interesting, but yeah, he's pretty left pretty dumbfounded that, um, you know, Skylar, first of all, was able to give him 600 grand. I mean, that's, that doesn't just pop out of nowhere, but also that it wasn't the great aunt Bridget. And maybe this proves why Ted's business wasn't going so well. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed, uh, so to speak. Let's get to Mayco. Um, so they're in a, they're, they get to, they're in a Hummer blindfolded and they get brought to basically the, the meth lab in Mexico. And, Jesse's there and he's surrounded by chemists and there's this one, one, uh, main guy. He's got, he, he's clearly an intelligent guy. He speaks multiple languages, a bald guy seen on many shows, including 24. Uh, but you know, he kind of, he's talking to Gus, he, you know, Jesse doesn't know, uh, obviously Spanish and basically she's calling Jesse a joke. He said, this is the chemist. Like this, this idiot is, is your chemist and he has no respect for Jesse whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, like we talked, like we, you know, hinted on earlier, Jesse's image is not, he doesn't care much about what he looks like or, you know, how he presents himself, but we know that Jesse is very competent at what he does clearly, Mm -hmm. you know, being, being under Walt for that long. So, you know, Jesse, Jesse can't understand, but he gets the tone and he's starting to get the drift that this guy thinks he's, you know, thinks he's just, you know, just nobody essentially. Yeah. The cat, the cat's meow. And he goes, you know, you know, listen, listen, bitch. And they start getting over, you know, they start getting an argument over, um, you know, a product that they use. I don't know if you have it written down. It's like something. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, acid. Yeah. So, so basically that's sent it. So it's usually synthesized for Jesse when he goes to do it, but it's Mm -hmm. not in this case. So Jesse kind of makes a fuss and the guy says, listen, if you can't do this, you know, this chemist says, if you can't do this and this is basic chemistry, I, I don't know what to tell you. And Jesse goes into a really, really, well, I would say rant, but he just bitches this guy out. I'll let you take it from here. But this was a great scene by Jesse because he, you know, he, he basically puts on his big boy pants and all this stress that we yeah. see seen leading up to this uh, kind of goes away as he becomes kind of the man in the situation. Yeah. And Gus is, is proud of him in this moment because oh, yeah. he says, I expect certain things. I expect this done. I was sent here to teach you mm-hmm. idiots how to do this. Cause I know how to do it. I know how to do it. Well, I make better product than you guys have ever thought of doing. So he says, Hey, asshole, why don't you go get the sedicloric acid? However long it takes. And the rest of you dummies are going to clean up this lab. You guys not have standards. It looks like a dump in here. Everything's going to get cleaned. Everything washed because as he's learned from Walter, anything can cause, you know, uh, things to get uh in there and cause contamination uh, contamination and before we even cook for a second this is getting you know spit shined and gus is just left there kind of smiling in the background as as jesse lays down the law because yeah because in a sense not only is he laying it to this chemist but he's also kind of laying it to the cartel like listen like if if you know this this is how we do business on the use this is we're gonna do business here so yeah, Gus, Gus likes the idea that, you know, for once he is kind of the man in this situation and he's, he's really taking control. He's not nervous and he's willing to, you know, not just shy away and, you know, uh, you know, do just do things because that's the way they do it over there. He's got standards and you close your eyes, you know, you're, you're listening to Walter basically rant about standards and, you know, all this mm-hmm. contamination and all this science bullshit. So it's, it's funny to hear because you're, you've seen how much it really affects Jesse overall with this, this cooking and over, over all these seasons and basically over the whole show, what, what it's been like for him. So yeah, no, it's, it's good. And then finally he just gets down to cooking and it's funny. It's, you know, he's got a guy behind him with a camera following around. There's plenty of men just kind of watching him work all of them with, with masks on. And he, he's finally got his product and and it's uh, it's this really tense scene where it's like, okay, well, you know, he's made this for the first time without Walter. How's it going to turn out? Yeah. So they put, they get a syringe, they take some of it, put it in this machine to see how pure it is. And it keeps going up and Jesse's like looking at it like, uh Oh, but it goes as 96.2% pure, which obviously is mm-hmm. very good. 
And Jesse just goes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it yells out, yeah, bitch. And he looks at all of them. But then the sniper who met with Gus, who's been the right-hand man, comes up to him, pats him on the shoulder and says, first of many. And Jesse goes, like, what? He goes, you're staying. You belong to the cartel now. Which is obviously <laughs> news to Jesse, which he didn't, which he didn't know. But it was, uh, it's, it's his, it's his look after he's like, yeah. what? Like he's just dumbfounded. He's like, what? Yeah. Gus kind of just looks over. He doesn't, he doesn't react. He just kind of says nothing. Yeah, he can't tip his hand yet. You know, he's got to make believe. He's got to make th- things are peaceful. But so we transport to the scene of our last episode where Gus's brother our close friend Max was killed. Gus is standing about in the exact location where Max was killed, staring at the water. Jesse and Mike are off to the sidelines. And Jesse obviously is shaken. He goes, Mike, like, do I really have to stay here? Like, please, I'm not, I'm not staying here with these people. And Mike, Mike doesn't say much, but he, we, I said this before and I think we agreed. He likes Jesse. Like he just has a soft spot for him. Like he always calls him kid, but he, you can tell it's out of uh, affection. And he goes, kid, either we all go home or basically we all die. Well, foreshadowing coming from Mike. Yeah. But, you know, he's because, you know, and I think this probably relaxes Jesse a little bit thinking, okay, uh, Mike's not been wrong very many times. Mm-hmm. So w- whatever he's got planned is, is good. And, uh, following after this we see the the same i guess boss don eladio uh arrive and he's got a posse full of what looked like 250 pound men each one of them just look like butterballs kind of kind of trailing behind them but you know we find out those are those are the captains those are the capos they call them in mm-hmm. the cartel so those are all kind of made men um and you know obviously they're important enough to be there because this is a this is a big meeting just an awkward kind of exchange between Gus and Don Eladio. It's like, it's kind of like, ah, uh, like it's good to see you, but like kind of F you. Mm-hmm. And Don Eladio kind of gives it to Gus. He says, you know, sometimes you just, you just need a little slap. Sometimes you just need a little spanking. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is just killing Gus in the inside is, you know, he, he likes the control and he likes to think that he has everything under. And, you know, obviously, obviously Don Eladio is the man and, you know, they're at his home right now. Yeah, and so Jesse gets meets the Don. He kind of he has no Spanish, does he? He goes no. Plenty of time for that uh, kind of thing. And we see that he sees the gift, and he he opens it up, and it's a beautiful bottle of tequila. You can tell it's very, very rare. You know, beautifully sculpted bottle. And the Don tells these two servants to, uh, you know, get a get a bunch of glasses for everybody. Uh, and it's this interesting scene where he gets one, he's going to pass it to Jesse and Gus says, no, 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 he's a, he's an addict. He can't, he can't drink. And Don says, okay, none for you then looking at him like (laughs) cooking, but it's this another tense moment where Gus has one in his hand and Don Eladio is looking at him like you drink that first, meaning if you're going to, there's poison in this, you're dying too. And Gus happily takes a big swig and then the don says to all his capos like he said let's drink and in come a pile of strippers yeah they're they're having a good time and you know it's it's a little, little celebration i guess on their new relationship i guess they mm-hmm. as as gus put it the renewed friendship of of uh, himself and the cartel and he's just kind of sitting there awkwardly don eladio comes over he's like oh i you know i didn't want to do that to you but every 20 years or so I, I have to come back and, you know, give you a little spank just to basically just saying like, I, I own you like this, yeah, he, this he relationship's said, not he said every 20 years, you forget your place. Yeah. Which obviously refers, we, we've, we didn't mention this, but the beginning of this scene too, we see Gus looking over the pool mm-hmm. and, you know, clearly getting that image of his friend who was shot. And then basically you, you saw his blood from his head rip right into the pool. He's mm-hmm. re yeah, he's re seeing this, Experience all the emotion that he that he uh, once had or all coming up for him, but yeah, this this can this cannot feel good for Gus. Is you know he's like like John said, you know every twenty years I got to let you know who you are, 
and that is that you work for me. And you know, this this kind of prone's gust to go use the use the old can. Yeah, he says, Can I go use the bathroom? And Don's like, Hey, tells one of his big guys, take him, don't let him, you know, go off. So he, he gets into the bathroom and he's still gus. He uh folds his jacket, he gets mm-hmm. uh Starts get he gets a towel ready for after puts it on the table. Then he gets a table, uh, gets a towel, puts it on the floor so he could rest his knees on it. And he goes and starts making himself throw up. Mm. And you're watching it the first time. You're like, okay, this is interesting. And meanwhile, while he's in the bathroom, Don Eladio is there looking around, and his men just start dropping like flies. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're falling down out of their chairs, they're falling into pools, you know, and you're like, what the hell is going on? And Don himself drops his cigar and then goes to pick it up and he can't even get back up. You know, he's, he's kind of folded onto this table. Uh, It's at this time that the, I guess the sniper, like you called him or the right hand man, um, kind of the, the younger guy of the group starts to walk over to Don. And obviously this, this is a great scene because obviously they were searched. But what they couldn't find was um, like one of these like wires that you would use to choke somebody. Yeah. And Mike goes over and takes this guy out, which it's it's a gruesome, gruesome yeah. death. But, yeah. you know, Mike's got to have a little anger. He, he killed one of his men, you know, yeah. earlier with, the, with that sniper scene that we saw. And Don is just kind of sitting there dying. Gus opens the door. The fat guy who was protecting him is there. He's dead. And he walks over and it's just kind of him and Don Eladio and Don Eladio is like, you, you bastard, like you did this. Mm. And Gus, uh, Gus watches him plunge into the pool, which is totally ironic from, from what he saw the last time he was there. Yeah. And he quickly, before he leaves and he's starting to, Gus uh, starts to faint, but he gets Don Eladio's necklace first, which clearly Mm. was important. It's a symbol of, of the cartel. But he starts grabbing his stomach. He threw up, but he had to sit there in with that in the system for a while because he couldn't just go puke right away because that would be pretty obvious. So yeah. he he's very weak, and we hear people start a commotion. There's strippers everywhere, but they're worried people are going to come fight. But he has enough strength to yell in Spanish, Don is dead. You have no one to fight for. Fill your pockets or fight me and die. <laughs> and so, Mike's just like, well, hopefully that works. <laughs> yeah, no, some some pretty powerful stuff. Just you know, because because Gus is that guy, he's that character. And then you know, as as they're going, Mike's like, Jesse, grab a gun, and like mm-hmm. like let's get the hell out of here. So you know, it's funny enough that Mike knew Mike and Gus knew this whole plan, but they yeah. weren't confident enough to tell Jesse because they didn't know if, <laughs> if Jesse would like spoil it or he was too right. nervous. So it's, it's, it's ironic that, you know, that Jesse's kind of the odd man out, but sure enough, they get there and they finally get into a car and before Mike can get in, he gets shot in the stomach. Yeah. He gets, he gets shot through the, uh, through the car window, but Jesse's quick. He's got the gun. He reacts instantaneously, fires about eight to 10 rounds, hits a guy twice in the chest and he's dead, but Mike is hurt. And that's who Je- you know, Jesse obviously cares that Gus lives, but he really cares about Mike. And he's like, Mike, are you okay? And he just says, Mike says, get us out of, get a, get us out of here, kid. And really the episode ends with them driving off. Yeah. So, uh, an intense, intense, you know, exchange mm-hmm. Gus clearly making a, the, the biggest chess move of the whole show, taking, taking out the, the main man for the cartel mm-hmm. and all his capos too. So basically everyone who's, you know, you could say all his serpents, heads, yeah, all his serpents heads, um, all taken out as well. So he's, uh, he's, he's done his due and kind of overall got his revenge, right, Juggy? Absolutely. And, you know, you just talk about chess and just, he's willing to, he was willing to sacrifice himself in a sense. He took a risk. He was, this might get one, get over your head, Shay, but he was Ron Weasley in a sense and Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, where he allowed Harry to move on while he was killed in the chess game, riding the horse. I don't know if you recall that reference from the movies or the books, but um, (laughs) you know, Ron took a calculated risk that Harry would be able to take down 
professor, the uh, professor of the dark arts, and it worked out. And for Gus, we don't know if he's going to live, but as of right now, they have fleed Don Eladios, and that threat has been neutralized. Yeah. Do you, do you think that this was planned all along when he said that he was going to, like when he accepted their offer and he wanted to renew the friendship? Do you think from yeah. that moment he knew that he was going to take him out that way? I think, I think he knew he was going to take him out somehow. I don't think he, if he, right. this was determined yet, but he knew he, he wasn't going to let him run his life. Like he's like, no, I'll die before I let him control my life again. Like, true. Um, yeah, I, true. I think so. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, 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 you know, it's almost shocking to see. And I watching it the first time. I had no idea what Gus was doing. I didn't know why he was in the bathroom puking. Yeah. And then when I start to see them drop like flies, I'm like, Oh my God, this guy is, this guy's as crazy as they, as they, they come probably. Yeah. I mean, it was a suicide bomber type move where he's just like, okay, mm. I'll drink what you guys are drinking and I'll hopefully I live here long enough to get help. And episode 11 entitled crawl space starts with we see doctors in this makeshift hospital of sorts they're getting stretchers ready they're getting ivs and one of the the doctors gets a call and we just hear them wheel out the stretcher and we hear a horn just blaring 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 and it's jesse coming into this parking lot like a bat out of hell and these doctors go to go to gus and they start putting needles into him, giving him, giving him fluids. They will him inside while Jesse's like, por favor, like help me. Like this guy shot and they could give a shit about Mike. Yeah. Jesse ends up basically walk, walking Mike in, puts him on a bed and says like, Are you guys going to help this guy? And the main doctor goes, um, you know, this guy pays my salary referring to Gus as in like, mm. I, I got to save this guy before I can even think about, you know, whether, whether Mike's going to be okay or not. And you can see the genuine concern from Jesse, obviously, you know, like, it's like you said, he cares if Gus lives, but he's grown really attached to Mike and he, you know, obviously wants to see him live. So that's why he's putting up such a fuss to get a, to get him. And clearly Mike's not doing well. He's kind of pale in the face. I know he's old, but you can still kind of see it. He's lost a lot of blood um, dripping all the way down him. So real concern if Mike's going to make it or not for sure. Yeah. Um, and an interesting scene, the next one, where they're at the hospital and Jesse kind of says, like, does he need more blood? Referring to Mike. They've taken care of him uh, to some level at this point. And he goes, yeah, go get some in, in the freezer. And he opens it and he kind of sees that he's been valued, Shay, because he opens it and he sees on each shelf there's blood for Gus. It says Gustavo Fring, Mike Ermintrout, and then it says Jesse Pinkman. And they all have different blood types. And first off, the, the doctor knows Jesse's blood type. And there's three to four bags of blood there for him. So clearly they were prepared in the event. Say Jesse was the one that got shot. They cared if he lived or died. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, you're right. And he does, you know, he, he feels that. And, you know, he's asking them questions. And the, the doctor knows, knows more about his health than he does, <laughs> referring to his drinking and, you know, mm -hmm. smoking. And he says, oh, you have aller you're allergic to this. Um, but he obviously, uh, they were, they were willing to find out this information even behind Jesse's back, knowing anything could happen when, uh, when it came down to it there. So yeah, he obviously, he feels, uh, feels some kind of value coming his way, which leads us more to believe that he's going towards Gus than, uh, than he is Walt at this point. Exactly. And at this point, Gus is okay. Uh, they'd say Mike's going to need two weeks. He can't travel with, with the bullet wound and everything. Gus is okay, but they, they go outside and they don't have a, a, the plane. Obviously, they can't go back that way. They're going to have to walk six miles to, to the Texas area. Then they're going to get a drive. And while they're driving, Gus says, you know, I think you can handle the lab alone. Like, you proved that this week. Like, you, you did it. And... Uh, you know, Jesse says, just fire Mr. White. Just fire him. I'll keep cooking for you. I enjoy working for you, but don't kill him because if you kill him, you lose me. Yeah. And th this is, you know, we from their last exchange, you could have thought, well, Jesse probably doesn't give two shits if Walter lives or dies at this point. But 
clearly he still cares enough to 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 value his life and he won't let him just he won't let Gus take him like that and you know he's he's really risking it all by saying you know I, I'm not you know I'm not t- comfortable taking it all over with uh, without uh, without Walter walking away from this unharmed and Gus says this this is going to be a problem uh, like obviously I can't uh, I can't just do nothing about this too much bad blood has basically been spilled between Gus that he can just let this go and uh, like we just saw in the last episode, he he really doesn't uh, he he holds a grudge pretty excessively. Right. And at the end of the last episode, I forgot to mention this. Tyrus pulls up as soon as Junior leaves. And yeah. Goes, you got somewhere to be. And we, we see now that Walt is back cooking. He weighs it. He's wrong with his calculations because Tyrus does it again and gives him just that look because he hardly says it. He just gives him the look like. And you know, Walt's like. I can't hold off my brother-in-law anymore. Like, okay, I got beat up, whatever. But like, he wants to go look at the farm. Like, what do I say? What, what do I do? And Tyrus gives him nothing. Just leaves with the map and sh- shuts the hatch of the elevator. And Walt's just like, what the hell? I know. He's, he may be the most, the, you know, we think Mike doesn't say a lot. This guy says, I think even less, which yeah. is pretty <laughs> remarkable. But yeah, no. So he's not giving him anything. You see that he's actually at uh, watching Mm-hmm. um Mike's uh, house. God, I uh, yeah Hank's he's watching house. hank's house hank and marie's and you know walter drives by kind of slow looks at him but so he goes and picks him up and uh where where do they happen to go dougie they go to the, to the chicken farm uh and they're kind of looking around it's kind of funny because walt's like so uh see anything <laughs> he goes nope he goes well you just think like you got any, uh, any news, any cartel news, anything, you know, any, uh, what's the scuttlebutt? And Hank's like, well, I heard about these two turfs fighting each other down there, but who the hell knows? Like, could be anything. And Walt's like, well, do you know anything more? Like the people involved? And he goes, no, just scope this out. And he's just, Hank's, Walt's just like, uh, I don't think there's much here, Hank. Like, this is clearly a dead end. Yeah, and uh, Hank Hank addresses the, the the elephant in the room. Says, you know what what the hell happened to your face at this time? You know, Walter still beat the shit out of. He's got mm. this big bold scar near his eyebrow. His face is still purple, and he says, you know, he goes, Hank, this this is none of your you or anybody else's business. I'm done explaining myself, and really kind of gives a brash answer to yeah. someone he probably should be more open with if you think about it, right? Yeah, and just don't give him a reason to worry or wonder because you know, Walt is such a sketchy guy and he's so close to the situation. Uh, but again, he's being Walter uh, back in the, in the ABQ or Albuquerque, as we say, Gus goes to see our little buddy, Hector Salamanca. And it was in the last episode where he went to see Hector, where he recounted the story of Max dying. So it's only fitting. He goes back to this nursing home and he, he pulls out Don Eladio's chain and waves it in front of his face because Hector won't look at him. But he looks, he sees the chain, and he starts crying uncontrollably. He, he's knowing, he says, he, he, says uh, he starts by naming off the people. He says, the Don, all the Chapos, and your grandson, Joaquin, is dead. And then he brings Jesse in. He says, you know him, don't you, Hector? He, he's he really, part, yeah. of, part of killing Tuco as well. And he goes, this man killed him. He shot him twice. And now the Salamanca name will die with you. Yeah, he really kind of gave him the ultimate revenge. And it's so cool that this comes around. Like you said, mm-hmm. like he, he was recapping the story with Max in mm-hmm. two episodes prior and then all this event, all these events happen, and then he gets to come back, and we see get to see him finish his conversation, mm-hmm. where he's basically like, you know, f you, I, I was I took everybody out myself, and now you're basically the last man standing, and because you're crippled, basically you can't do anything, which, you know, that's that's not entirely true, but yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and then and then the he, you know, he's staring, he he's at this point, Gus is still talking to him, and he's just profusely staring at jesse like <sighs> I- i'm gonna get you like I-, I don't know i don't know what he got planned for him but and it's it's kind of a flex too bringing jesse there because yeah. i mean you know what business does jesse have 
with this guy right now, right? Like he doesn't he, he doesn't was, have any beef with Hector. It was definitely a cocky, just a purely cavalier cocky move that he's like, this is the guy who killed your grandson, the last one. Like he did it. Look at him. Like look at him. And yeah, he he clearly hates him more than any person on planet Earth. Like he hates Hector, but he's not gonna kill yeah. Hector because he just knows that um Hector can't do anything about it. He's crippled. He's got the bell, but that's it. So it's almost it's almost better, you know, for him. It's more satisfying mm-hmm. to to keep him alive to let him live in pain, which is beyond cruel if you yeah. think about it. Yeah, yeah. No, I t- totally agree. Uh, yeah, he's gonna make him live while you know make him suffer this whole time and keep him there. Um, Skylar gets a message from Ted, uh, but she goes over and she says, uh, he says, uh, so what's up, Ted? Yeah, I thought about, thought about it. Appreciate the money, but yeah, I'm not going to pay the IRS. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel great taking the money from you, you know, dirty gambling money, uh, which is oddly for a guy cooking his own books, holier than now attitude, but yeah, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to give you the money back. And he, but he kind of implies that it's not enough money. You know, he's kind of like, mm-hmm. nah, I wouldn't take gambling money, but it wouldn't really help me anyway. Like I need more for it to really, you know, be consequential. And he's, he's yeah, all exactly. over the place. Yeah, he's basically saying, like, I got to keep up this lifestyle and, you know, help my employees and keep my daughters in school and all this. And he's like, you know, but, you know, if I had, he's basically saying, like, no, and he goes, oh, I'm, you know, I'm wording this so wrong. You know, I just, I'm just not explaining myself, which is so, oh, it's just, it just boiled, boiled my blood, I guess, Mm -hmm. thinking about this guy. And he just, yeah, well, he's got a solution right in front of him. You know, Skyler's clearly just like, just take the money and make things right because clearly that's this is the only way you're getting out of this and you're right ted is basically like not blackmailing her but by mm-hmm. saying you know if you give me more money then like i, I will pay the irs which is funny enough skyler goes you didn't even give me the full amount of money back because yeah. like you said in the last one yeah um, ted bought a bmw and of course he's you know he's got payments out coming already <laughs> and he goes oh if i knew where that money came from i wouldn't have bought it yeah <laughs> And, and Skylar's like, I don't want the money back. I just want you to pay what you owe. Yeah. And he writes her a check. She rips it up and she says, gets the checkbook. She says, do it again, write the right one to the IRS and to the internal revenue service for this amount of money. He goes, nah, I'm okay. So she leaves the house pissed off and she uh, makes a call to one Saul Goodman. And yeah, Saul goes, ah, you know, you know, I, I can, I can do my best. I'll put my A team on it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Saul's, 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 uh, Saul's version of an A team is very much watered down than the, than the real thing uh, we come to find out. Yeah. So we'll go to that first. Cause there's a bunch of different storylines. We'll try to keep them together here. Um, so Ted gets a knock at the door and first we see Bill Burr, obviously the, the redheaded comedian, and we've seen him before lie to get the car washed. He's clearly on Saul's payroll. He goes, hey, Mr. Benneke, how are you? Beautiful place. And uh, him and this large black gentleman named Hugh Babineau walk in. And he goes, well, I didn't invite you in. Like, let's go. He goes, so first thing you should know, Mr. Benneke, is the biggest thing you can do today is keep Huel happy. And he kind of says to Huel, you happy? Reasonably. And he goes, well, what wouldn't make you happy, Huel? And he goes, this little motherfucker not doing what he's told. And, and, and he goes, you know, what would make you happy, Huel? He says, checks. And so Bill Burr basically says, so you're going to sign a check to the IRS for uh, $621,226.31. And uh, we're going to mail it. And if you don't, well, Huel is going to get angry. <laughs> and yeah, right away, Ted's like, oh, well, you know, if this has to do with Skylar, like did Skylar send you? Like, do you, you know, Skylar's a good friend of mine. Tried to totally turn the situation after, 
you know, pretending they haven't just argued for the last few days. And, you know, Ted's like, ah, oh. and finally they, they get him to sign it. And uh, then check checks almost in the mail druggy, but uh, a little act of God, you could say uh, yeah. ends up happening for old Ted Benneke. Yeah. So he says, yeah, so I'm going to go mail this. You can hang out with Huel for a couple hours. I'm going to come back. Uh, I got some stuff, make some sandwiches. Uh, we can watch TV for a couple of days. It'll be fun. But then it's also a good joke that I love this little chime in. He goes, unless you don't have TV, then this is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> but before he can, before he can go mail it, Ted makes a beeline for the door full sprint, but there's a carpet and he trips on it and goes head first into the bottom of the cabinet. And basically his neck spine is messed up. And we just see his, basically his pinky, uh, you know, moving just a slightly, meaning that he's hurt pretty, pretty bad here. Yeah, Bill Burr and Kewel just kind of look at each other like, yeah, well, that, that, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and they're, they're back in the office with Skyler and they're kind of like, yeah, they're kind of like, oh, like, I, I don't know what happened. And he'll goes, it was an act of God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they, and, you know, Saul's like, well, what am I supposed to tell Skyler? Oh, yeah, don't worry. The, the check is mailed. Mm-hmm. um but uh T- ted's neck is broken basically yeah. yeah so it's it's not a good look um i guess the second part of that comp that that thing yeah, that we'll scene we'll wait we'll on that t- one uh, but we'll return to that yeah so meanwhile hank wants to go on another ride along and walt thinks they're driving to the chicken farm again but uh hank says no i, I actually got a new place we're gonna check out just keep driving and he goes, hank, well, let's go okay where are we going so we're going to an industrial laundromat, basically the location of the lab. And he's, mm-hmm. what do you mean? He goes, well, no, uh, Gus doesn't own it, but the company that helps fund Los Polos Hermanos Magical Electromotive does. It, fi- it, it owns this laundromat. And you know, you know who signed for one of the barrel for one of these things? Uh, Gail Bedecker. And well, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. It sounds like a stretch, Hank. Like, this is, you know, I think you're reaching. And he goes, okay, I know police work better than you do, Walt. Like, can you just drive there? I say, oh, okay, yeah, okay. And he's so panicked. Like, he's like, what am I going to do? And he sees, he says, take a right. And he drives past it. And he goes, Walt, I told him to take a right. He says, damn it, I forgot. But he's going to do a Yui. But instead, so clearly on purpose, he rams the car is uh aztec into an oncoming oncoming traffic yeah literally puts himself in danger kind of to hide hide the fact and after you got to give i give a little yeah. props to 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 um not to him no um to hank mm-hmm. i mean he basically he laid down the whole format of everything going on and basically yeah. he solved the case really he had it like in in base in his hands you could yeah. say you know, he said, oh, like, this is, this would be the perfect place for a super lab. Like, you know, that this, this is it, this has got to be it. And, you know, Walter panicked, made this move and clearly got him himself out of a, a huge jam. Um, you know, the next scene we see that Hank is kind of laid up again. He's got mm-hmm. a, he's got a, a neck brace on. He's like, oh, I'm like a, a dog with a dog that uh, can't lick his nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, as this funny scene where Walter's like, oh, I, I didn't eat, no, I, I didn't even see him coming. And Hank's like, I did. I saw him from a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in a way, it seemed like it was on purpose. Or I guess, you know, it was on, on purpose. And Hank yeah. could kind of see it, but he kind of lets it go, which, I mean, it's kind of funny. And we find out that Hank basically bought one of those vehicles where you can drive by, mm. you know, hitting the, you know, it's got on the steering wheel, you can use the levers, I guess. Mm-hmm. So he's got this custom made vehicle coming in and, uh, he's going to be able to ride himself, which worries Walter because that means he doesn't know what Hank's going to get up to. Right. He goes, Oh, he's like, shit. I just made this situation worse. I could control the situation before on the ride alongs and, you know, alert people. I can't anymore. So, uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot going on and we'll, we'll start with Jesse is back home. Brock, Brock and Andrea are over. They're kind of like another, you know, he's back kind of back with her. It looks like a family environment. Walt is 
panicked because he doesn't know anything about the whole Mexico trip or what's going on. So he goes over and Jesse goes like, start shoving him, shoving him, get the hell out of here. Like, I don't want to see you. And he kind of says like, he's going to replace me. I know he's going to replace me now that you've proven that you can do it. Like he's going to, he's going to kill me. And, but to his credit, Jesse's not having it. And he, he kind of says like, beat it or we're going to have serious problems here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I think it's worth noting Walter's actually kind of happy that Jesse's alive, um, which is, which is surprising. Uh, he's like, he basically tells him, he's like, you know what, your, your ass is fired. You know, just, just stop, like, just get away. And Walter is basically begging for his life. And Jesse goes, you know what, dude, the last thing you told me, you said, I hope you end up in barrel in Mexico mm-hmm. and then kind of walks off. And Walter's just kind of left speechless. Cause you know, he, he's wrong. He's, he's in the wrong in this case. He mm-hmm. didn't trust Jesse before they left, you know, Jesse needed help kind of batted him down for that. And you know, what, what does Walter see when he turns around Tyrese with a taser, basically kind of gives it to him on the lawn, kind of gives him a couple jabs. And yeah. then, uh, he, next thing you know, Walter's out in the middle of the desert with, uh, with a bag over his head. Yeah. Wakes up in the, in the middle of the desert, middle of the day, we see Gus pull up in his Volvo and he kind of goes, what the hell's going on? And he says to Walter, Stay away from Jesse. You're fired. Stay away from Jesse. Don't go near the lab or else. And Walt still has the balls to be. (laughs) Or what? You're going to kill me. If you kill me, Jesse won't cook for you. You won't make any money. Basically saying like snobbing his nose at him. Jesse won't cook for you. You can't turn him against me. Gus, though, is more confident now. He says, for now. But you know what? Hank is a problem. I told you to deal with it. You failed. I must now deal with it my way. If you get involved, if you alert him, if you do anything to stop my plans, I will kill Skylar. I'll kill your son. Or I'll basically cut your baby daughter to shreds right in front of you sending a direct message of what his intentions are if walter decides he wants to play some games yeah this direct threat i mean he's he's not messing around at this point i mean he's he's giving pretty clear orders not to not to come around and i mean walter gets the match clear he's you know he's cut loose and then he's able to go and then this is kind of where we return back to Saul's office. He bursts into Saul's uh, room with Hugh and um, Bill Burr still there. He's like, he's like Saul, and you know, Saul Goodman goes referring back to Ted Beneke getting his neck broken. Goes, how did you know so fast? And yeah. you know, Walter's like, uh, what are you talking about? And you know, he kicks the two other goons out of the room, and then basically goes, Saul, I need that guy, referring to the guy who makes people disappear. Um, kind of like a, sounds like a very sneaky service that, you know, is kind of exclusive to some people. And Saul gives him the number and says, you know, call this number. You ask for this, this, and this, it's going to be 125 K for each head. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, have the money up front. Cause if you don't have the cash up front, he makes it very clear. If you don't have the cash up front, he's not going to do a thing for you. So make sure you have it. Yeah. So Walt says, okay, thank you, Saul. But before I go, you need to call the DA and alert them that there's a hit on Hank. And Saul's like, no, like, no, I got enough heat on my ass. And he goes, you got, I can't do it. I'm basically family to the DA. I can't make that call. Give me an hour, get my shit together. Please make the call. And Saul finally goes, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, I'll do it. Thank you, Saul. And we see Walt rush home. Clearly he's made a call to Skylar because she shows up later, but he goes down into the crawl space and the money is hidden in uh, clothes in uh, dry cleaning bags. And he's looking through it and he goes, where is it? This isn't enough. Like he's, he's looking around. Skylar comes on and there's this really intense music. It's like, just, it's like a heartbeat. I found Shay. It's just like, and she, he goes, where is it? 
where is it? And he kind of screams, where's the money? And she goes, I gave it to Ted. And he's just like, what? You gave our money to, to that idiot? Mm-hmm. And she goes, I had to for the family. And we heard the phone start ringing. But in the midst of this, Walter starts scream slash laughing like yeah. a Joker type laugh, Shay. This maniacal oh, yeah. laugh of fear and also just like, I'm fucked. Ba- ba- yeah, basically his laugh is like, this is this is so bad, it's almost funny. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's probably what's going through his head. His it, he just yeah, he lets out a howl and then just turns into this almost evil laugh he's got. And then you know, Skylar's in, in tears. She's clearly upset because now she thinks something's really really wrong. Clearly mm-hmm. knows that they're probably in danger. And you know, it's Marie on the phone. Marie leaves, you know, starts leaving a message, basically saying. You know, I don't know what's going on. It's happening again. You know, the, the DEA called. They got uh, a tip off that the cartel wants to kill Hank. And, you know, they're coming. They know DEA agents are coming here. And shit is hit the fan. Like, that's that's the only yeah. way you can say it. Like, it, it went from, like, not great to total, total Chaos. bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Yeah, um, and that's how the episode kind of ends. Waltz just stops laughing. He's laying down in the crawl space, just looking up at the ceiling. And, you know, it's gone from, like I said, bad to worse. He was told to shut up, not do anything, but he couldn't risk Hank dying. But now mm. he doesn't have an exit strategy. So Hank is not safe, technically, even though the DA is alerted. But also, his family's not safe. He's clearly not safe because Gus is going to be pissed off with him that he made that call. And he knows his basically on borrowed time at this point. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no, there's no other person that would have known that Gus was going after Hank, mm-hmm. but Walter. So it's, it's, it's evident that he was the one who made that decision. And it's, yeah, just, just feels like a matter of time. And, you know, it's a great way to end the episode. Cause if you were, you know, like we always refer to if you were watching this uh weekly obviously this would be like oh my god like i gotta know what happens like are they are they gonna die like yeah. you know how, how are they gonna get back at it so it's it's exciting you know it's great couple episodes like we said i i just re- remembering back in high school when i watched this the first time Dougie, i just vividly remembered this scene of mm-hmm. him going into the crawl space trying to find the money digging around yeah. and then tim you know basically yelling at skylar saying like what what the hell is where's the money i made and skylar having to be like i gave it to the the guy i used to have an affair with that's <laughs> that's how i remembered it so vividly and i'm yeah. like oh that's such a great scene yeah i uh, similar for me i watched it my first year uni in, in the dorm room after chubb recommended it and um Watched it in about two and a half weeks. Uh, the entire <laughs> series, um, as I tended to do back in the day, Madman, The Office, etc. Um, but yeah, this was an incredible, incredible scene and great acting from Cranston. Like you said, that laugh. I mean, that's a, not everybody can pull off that laugh and make it believable. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's interesting to see what happens next week in our last two episodes of, of season four. Shag is Walter's on the run now. Everybody's after him. I mean, how's Jesse going to react to this with, with Walter basically on borrowed time? Uh, yeah, Gus, I mean, it, it's a lot to to still see what happens next week in, in the final two episodes of season four. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. It's uh, excited to break it down. You know, it's, it's like we say once in a while, it's tough not to, to, to watch ahead and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of see what happens. But I'm excited to get to the weekend so I can finally see this happen. But uh, what's what's on the rest of uh, the schedule for you this week? Uh, this week, I, um, I'm going to be podcasting a few times with a few of our friends. Uh, Harrison, Shooting Bell later in the week, podcasting with Ben Murray later in the week. Uh, I think we'll be going to the same Respecto Rangers game on the week mm. on Friday. So take that in. Um yeah, I just watch some sports throughout the week, do some podcasting. Um, same old, same old work in there as well. Um, how about yourself? Any big plans this week? No, no, nothing, nothing major. Going to probably, probably take it easy. Like you said, taking that Rangers game, really excited to, to witness my first one of those. Sounds like they, they get good crowds and I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, excited to see some competitive hockey, I guess, in, in our small town of Rex and Slasher Shabakto. Yeah. So 
looking forward to that. Um, at the beginning of the month, we, we talk about the, the, you know, start, or I shouldn't say star, but the, I guess the, the slide, set line for, you know, all these new movies coming out, so many great ones. Have you mm-hmm. been able to chance to take any in or are you too, too dialed up with uh, yeah. the old SPOR? Unfortunately, I haven't. Um, it's tough to get away. Uh, I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to, if I really guess if there's a movie Friday afternoon before the Rangers game and I could get back, maybe that's the move. Cause mm. I, I want to see if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Dune. Um, mm. That's next on my list. Yeah. I want to see that one. I know you, you went and saw uh, Daniel Craig's no. final uh, stand, right? Yeah, I went to go see No Time to Die. It was between that and The Last Duel. Uh, both both looked phenomenal, and I yeah, think uh, I will end up watching The Last Duel eventually. Uh, so so many great movies, you can't take them all in, of uh, you know, which which sucks. But it was it was really good. I, I'd say that was probably my third favorite, I guess, out of the Craig saga. So it was it was good. What's yeah, it was it was favorite? Skyfall. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, really like Skyfall. Skyfall, and then Royale, and then uh, and then this one. What was the um, one before this one? Was that Spectre? Spectra, yeah. That was probably my least favorite. Oh, yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, no, so it's, it. it's, yeah. So, but like you said, I'm really looking forward to watching Dune. If I don't watch it um, this weekend, probably next Tuesday after after we record, I'll probably mm, go check nice. that out because, uh, you know me, I just love all that sci-fi goodness and I'm uh, and I'm just eager to see it. Uh, to, if yeah, if anyone's not you know aware of it, go look at the cast, and I think that's probably good enough to to draw in. It's got mm-hmm. a it's got a all star lineup, we'll say. Yeah, and you're cheap, so you go on cheap night. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm not spending the. I I, it, I I used a regular pass last Friday when I watched the no the Bond movie, so it's it was yeah. okay. Just see, I I might go on cheap night now. I normally wouldn't because I hate big crowds, but because of COVID not being able to do anything, people, I might just go on Tuesday to see if there is a big crowd and just enjoy being there with a bunch of people. Surprisingly, for for that movie, there was hardly anybody. So I don't know if many people are going to the movies or they just rather stay home. So I I don't know how it's uh, how it's going. Mm -hmm. I guess when you have multiple screenings of the same movie at the near at the same time, sometimes you get lucky and you don't get to see as many. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you don't like crowds, sometimes the movie is not the greatest place to be. Yeah, I'll have to look up some showtimes because I the last I forgot about the last duel too. I kind of want to see that one too. So yeah, there's a lot yeah. of lot of good movies right now for sure. Um, yeah. No, your lease are off till Friday, so you're off the hook. I know the NBA mm. starts tonight. Are you gonna take any of that mm. in? Yeah, I'll probably watch. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, I, or I might start too late. I don't know what time LA and um, you know starts at eleven, but uh, Milwaukee, Brooklyn at eight thirty. Yeah, I'll take in. I'll take in a little bit of that game, like and like we talked about earlier. Uh, my daughter's playing about twenty minutes, so mm-hmm. definitely watch some of that. But uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to ball being back. It's uh, it's exciting, and I think the the whole Kyrie thing. I don't know if you've touched on that in one of I your have. prior pods. Yeah, yeah. Um, just very very interesting to me how uh, how someone can make that decision. But who knows what goes on in people's heads? Yeah, there's there's selfless people and there's selfish people. And I would say uh, Kyrie Irving or Vander Kane or circle eats, gets the square uh, on that one. Uh, but, yeah. uh, great show today. We'll be back next week, but sh- uh, Shay have a good week and uh, we'll see you this weekend. Appreciate that. See you this weekend, buddy. Everybody have a good one. I'll be back tomorrow to talk my, last night's Monday night football game. We'll touch on the NBA starting up the NHL Toronto, not being able to score goals and lots more. Uh, we'll talk soon.